but again, I don't, I don't ever really think about it going wrong. I mainly just think about what I need to do to make it go right. Because I think as soon as you start doubting yourself, and that's when things are going to get dangerous. Yeah. Like if you go into something knowing you could, because again, I knew I could do it. It, was, it wasn't like a question of whether or not I could do it. I knew I could do it. It was just making it happen yeah. and being confident enough to make it happen. Hi, Luis here. Today on Swapping Shoes, I had a chat with the legendary Joe Skandrit. The man was bred in the land of the mythological three-run team, Basingstoke, and has become one of the most influential movers out there with his unique style of vertical lines and mental flips in eccentric locations. This is a parkour talk. Movement, history, fear, style, training, and fun. It was great to record this one live. I hope you can feel the energy. This is Swapping Shoes with Joe Skandrit. Wicked and we're in. Nice. Is that is that maybe the first time that I'm recording a podcast? I know I did it with Camila. Ah, uh, so so I'm not special then. You are special. Thank though. you. So you're the first boy parkour guy uh, that I'm recording a podcast live with. So Joe Kendrick. Hello. Welcome to Swapping Shoes. Thank you for having me. Let's open up this super box before we start. Please, please, for us. <laughs> nice. So uh, first of all, what shoes are you wearing right now? Oh. So I don't actually know the name of them. They're like their Reebok shoes from a shop called Sports Direct in England. They're just like thirty pounds, like flat versions of the nylons, mm-hmm. the Reebok Are classic Reebok? nylons. Oh, yeah, nice. they're Reeboks. But I, I, I like training in the Reebok classic nylons. But I also want to be able to skate around all the time, and you can't mm-hmm. skate in the nylons, so I had to buy another pair. But actually, what what is the thing about skaters that they need the? Flat shoes. Flat shoes. Um, it's just easier to control and flick the board to feel the board on your feet if it's flat and just to be balanced. Yeah. Wouldn't that be the same thing to parkour also? Is there, Do you think that that's, that's the, the, the reason why some parkour people like to wear flat shoes rather than um, shoes? Yeah, I think it comes from a like, similar place of a flat shoe is more like your actual foot and you can be better balanced. Sorry, I didn't pour for you. That was that's rude. Okay, I'm sorry. But yeah, I, th- I think having the flat sole is definitely better to be balanced no i get you we also have salgado here pedrocas salchato he's right now very busy on his craft he's working hard he's working working. pedro we're filming right now can you thanks cheers man cheers so how's life man not bad i'm living the dream actually maybe just floating around different places shooting videos different people yeah living the pk lifestyle I think we all seeing it. It's a bit crazy. This year, yes. MVP, you're getting no. all the star awards. Nah, I'd, I'd be happy with one. Nah, you deserve more than one because well, uh, this year you've been crazy, no? Uh, well, would you reckon this was the best year of your parkour career? It was probably, so yeah, one of the best years of my parkour career. In terms of like achievements, like things that I've done, like, because we had the Capstone England project and the Swarm. Mm-hmm. And I think both of those projects have been like some of my best work yeah. to this point. It's like all of the things I've been working for over years, then applying them to the w- crazy places yeah, yeah to yeah. take what I feel comfortable with to the next level of being not yeah. just on the ground level, but actually being something a bit more intense. And also being part of something bigger than just like a, yeah. a, like a solo project. 
yeah that 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 hypes you up a little bit I, l- I just stuff. love it I just love being around people who have the same mindset of pushing themselves to their maximum limit trying to come together and film something that's going to have an impact in the scene I find it really rewarding to train with people like that and that's a little bit of what capstone has as a differential yes. right now right yeah yeah because you have some teams to putting mm. up some content but it became way more individualistic in the past like the early years now yeah i think so. this, this, because it's much more about like uh, instagram yeah and I, now that you have some youtube videos of some teams and caps caps one comes yeah very strong but capstone isn't even a team though which is um i think something that stands out about them as well Capstone isn't just a specific group of people. It's it's a company, a brand that wants to film big projects that inspire people. So they outsource athletes as opposed to having a core team of athletes. Like as much as I've been in two Capstone videos now and the recent swarm was the collection of the Australians from the first Capstone video and a lot of the British people from the, the second video. All these people that have been in all these Capstone videos aren't part of the team Capstone. It's just one group of people coming together to film something that's going to make an impact under the umbrella of Capstone. And I think it gives people a reason to go super hard because the first video to me, it was like so influential. When I saw that first video, I was completely blown away just by the whole style behind it, attitude towards like sending shit, almost like skate-ish vibe videos of like just huge sends, Mm -hmm. the camaraderie behind people coming together pushing each other and having like this family connection behind yeah just being the best you can for the for the video project yes very sick and one thing that blows my mind a little bit about you mm-hmm. especially is because on my first years of parkour i uh, me and salgado we were here in portugal watching all the british wave of great movers and yeah. one of the like most weighted videos and events was a three-run family gym. <laughs> You're gonna talk about of this. course. <laughs> and there was there was this kid man doing all these double flips, yeah. all this craziness in South Bank, uh, yeah. London. And then for for a while, like didn't I didn't hear a lot about this kid. Yeah. I just I just knew it was like some crazy talented motherfucker doing some craziness mm. on that gym. And then maybe in the last six years seven yeah years, i think six last six years or so you came you came, came back came back really strong yeah oh so what happened on this meantime well what what, what was this um, maturing uh maturing, maturing? May, maybe i was just i was just like i've been training parkour since i was 11 years old how um, old are you right now i'm 27 right now so i've been training for like 16 years so from like the age of 11 up to around 14 15 i was super into just fully doing parkour. And that's when the Thuron family, I think it's 2009, the Thuron family video you're talking about, where I do mm-hmm. double gainer yeah, to yeah, my yeah, face. Yeah, <laughs> Was that you? Yeah, that was me to my <laughs> face, yeah. Second person <laughs> in the world to attempt it outside. <laughs> 2009. Yeah, 2009. Okay. Um, but yeah, I was super into training and then I just kind of fell into being a little piece of shit, just a little not. I was a really naughty kid growing up, so... <laughs> I didn't really find joy in training as much outside anymore. I I wasn't training outside, but I still go to the gym like once or twice a week, the three-run gym in Basingstoke. Yeah. But then at one point, I kind of said to myself, like, you're going to either keep on doing all of this parkour, no, keep on doing this like road gangster shit or like fully commit to this parkour thing that you've been training so hard for. 
And I, yeah, just said to myself at one point that I want to get so good that no one could ignore me. Mm-hmm. Tried my hardest to do that and maybe to some extent it's worked off at this point. <laughs> so yeah, it, it just took me in my head just realising that I was, wasn't going in the right direction and to motivate myself just to train parkour as much as possible. Start training outside because again, I was a gym rat at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and just fucking try as hard as I can to do this parkour thing. <laughs> this parkour thing. Do you know what I mean? But it is it's as <laughs> random as that. It's like we're just fully grown men jumping off walls, but somehow <laughs> here we are. Don't you see that the parkour like evolved into a, a like a new sport act- activity also? Because you also yeah. have like backgrounds in gymnastics, right? I mean, this is controversial. Most people think I do have a background in gymnastics. I never trained, I was never a trained gymnast mm-hmm. growing up. Um, funnily enough, so Mike, you know Mike Wilson from Three Run, Team Three Run? Mm-hmm. He's one of the later additions to Three Run. He's my uncle, basically. Mm-hmm. He's married to my auntie. So he took us to, me and my twin brother Lewis, he took us to a gymnastics session, um, like a men's artistic open session, because my nan was like, oh, Mike, like, the, the boys love your gymnastics stuff. Like, can you take them somewhere where they can let out all of their frustration and just yeah. run around and be boys. So we took us to this gymnastics session and we were just trying to run around on the floor, like trying front flips and stuff when the coach was there trying to tell us, you've got to sit here, do fours rolls and point your toes. We we're like, no, no, no. <laughs> we're going to run around. Like, can you watch this front flip and see if we can do it? Yeah. So at end of the session, he was like, to be fair, boys, I don't think gymnastics is for you. <laughs> But we've just started this new thing called freestyle gymnastics. Mm. And I think you guys should come. And funny enough, that was, they were the first open sessions ran in the UK. And they were the sessions that three run were running, like Chase Armitage, ah, okay. Nathan Barris. They, because they come from Basingstoke too, the same place that I'm from. They opened these gym classes. Um, and yeah, we just started going, going along to those classes like two, three times a week. Obviously at that point, we'd seen like three run videos and we'd see the spots they were training at were all local spots for us in our local town. So we mm-hmm. go to the gym, try and learn flips, then watch the free run videos and then go to the spot and try and recreate it and do all that type of stuff. Nice. So did you have like some sort of relationship with the free run guys back then? No, no, no. We, I was just a little last kid. They just fam- vanished, no? Well, they vanished. They, I mean, they all just got a bit older, man. Oh, but come on, I'm also older. So yeah, I know, old, I know, I know, I know. I don't know, I don't know. Yeah. I think How I, can I? They, they vanished before. They vanished, but then we're just doing like professional work. Mm-hmm. Like some, some, a lot of them do stunts. Other ones were just doing like performance work. I used to do a lot of that stuff with them. But yeah, they were out of the scene for a, a long time before they was actually completely out of parkour. Yeah, I see. I think part of that was kind of based on the fact that they were seen as like these parkour greats and they go to events, they go to jams and people would just be there kind of watching them, mm-hmm. waiting for them to do something amazing and it kind of took the fun out of actually training in the scene. Yeah, yeah. Because there's this expectation behind them. Like Chase would go to jams and everyone's there like, oh, this is that guy. And for him personally, I think that kind of took the fun out of yeah. training as much as part of the community. Does that happen to you nowadays when you go to a jam? Um, uh-huh. Do you feel like people are watching oh, you? Oh, 100%, yeah. And you feel like they're expecting you to do something? To do something cool. Does that take the joy out? Of, uh, a little bit. But I mean, I don't really like training in big groups anyway. Mm-hmm. I'd so much rather go out and train with like one or two friends. Yeah, I feel you. Even if we're not doing the same type of stuff. Like I train with Travis and 
German people like Ed. <laughs> like these these guys can <laughs> jump. Chemophilia D, these people can jump. Yeah. But I, I know I want to do something. They come along, encourage me on my little parkour endeavor that I'm trying to do that day. Yeah. As much as not their thing, they're still there for me, but they give me the time and encouragement to practice what I want to do. Then we go somewhere else and they practice their type of thing. Mm -hmm. I much prefer training in that t more close-knit type of group than in big jams and big open spaces because you don't want to feel like a prick like falling over when everyone's <laughs> yeah. there watching it oh look it's joe scandry he's gonna do something sick and suddenly you're just training and then you trip over like normal people do and everyone's kind of like ooh, yeah. and you're just yeah. like fuck it over yeah, 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 i just want to train but there's there's this magic about parkour i think it's one of my favorite things is the uh adaptab adaptability really, yeah yeah of of the the proficient to the sport yeah and you see like Verki, Ed, Fidi, the mm. examples you've given as the the people who can jump and do all this crazy stuff mm -hmm. but you can do stuff that they can't yeah. also yeah yeah so how did you find your language do you do you, do you think you have like a explanation on how you found your well your your strengths when i first came back like from that time i was talking about when i first came back into training i was doing like a lot of parkour like actually kong freeze standing freeze like actual parkour lines and it started to really hurt my knees because i've had bad knees since i was a, a kid mm -hmm. it started to hurt my knees and i'd start getting injured training all of this stuff and whilst being injured i had to just try and find other things that didn't hurt but I could still do and work around my injuries. And then from there, it just just made perfect sense to start sliding down lampposts upside down <laughs> and doing underbars because they weren't things that hurt my knees like jumping did. Didn't It didn't put a massive strain on my body, but it's more just me pushing myself mentally than actually physically trying to have the biggest jump and stuff like that. But the drop that don't hurt you as much? like when you Landing straight downwards, it doesn't hurt. No, I, yeah. I, can, I can take jots pretty well. Because the main thing as well is my... Um, I, I've broken both of my ankles like three times each. Oh. So if I like, if I ankle thing on a, on a jump, it was them, I think most of them was like before the age of 16, just like throwing double flips outside ah, and okay, landing okay. short and just like rolling my ankle and it fractures and breaks. Yeah. But yeah, I had, to, I had to learn, I can't jump as far as people for one. If mm. I do try these sketchy jumps I'm not fully comfortable with then, I'm, and I ankle thing, I, I can't train for like three to six months. Like yeah. straight up, I cannot train. If I ankle thing bad, I won't be able to train for at least three months. So yeah, I just used that as an excuse to work around it and found other things that I, for some reason, I'm, I'm good at. Like, mm -hmm. why am yeah. I good at underbar? Who fucking knows? But I found yeah, right. it. Yeah, right, yeah. It's but weird. You had, you had a, like a, a moment of underbar. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. You still do some sick ones, but there was a, a moment that, that you was were just moment. doing. <laughs> when, I was, when I first got back into the scene, that's what I was known as, wasn't I? It's, yeah, it's yeah, the underbar it. guy. Oh, I remember right that. now. <laughs> I met you in Hamburg. Once <laughs> 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 you remember this. Yeah. <laughs> it was the <laughs> uh, D-Halle the, the gym. Mm. Gravity sucks. Gravity yeah. sucks. And then we went out at night and oh, yeah. we saw like one of these perfect spots. Yeah, yeah. There. <laughs> They're like, I can do it after a few too many beers. <laughs> and you miss the bar completely. Yeah, shit happens, man. But it was nice. Just a few people watched it too. So you didn't look so That's silly. what I mean. That's what I mean. That's what I mean by small groups. <laughs> small group. Yeah. I don't mind looking like an idiot, but not in front of people. I don't know. <laughs> and, and now you, you really got into like, not now, but maybe in the last two years, you really got into like this 
uh, very vertical type mm. of parkour. Yeah. And it became your specialty in a way. Yeah. Would you say it's like a specialty? It's definitely my because specialty. Because there's yeah. no one else in the road that is exploring descent yeah. in the way that you are doing. Yeah, because yeah. most part of the people, they would just do like the, the lache one, the mm. swing drop one. And you're doing this like a uh, hang, uh, hang koala uh, shit, koala shit and stuff. Yeah. And how does like do you have like any explanation for you how you got into that? It how does that interest you? I mean, I spend a lot of time just thinking about new trick ideas, like trick concepts and stuff like that. Yeah. I don't think I started doing the backflip, pole catch, being yes. in koala. Then from there, just thinking, what else can I do from this weird koala position? Then that downwards koala descent just made perfect sense i remember i was i I was speaking to dom about two years before i did the first koala descent thing i spoke to him two years about it saying to him i've got this idea i need to find the perfect place to do it now Mm -hmm. and then it was just a matter of finding it and as soon as i found one it was in lisbon no no the the, the first backflip the first backflip to koala that first one was in lisbon yeah 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 Yeah. but it, it just takes conceiving the idea and then finding the perfect spot but i've got like i think five things in my mind right now that i want to do but it just takes having the perfect spot to be able to do them yeah like the you know in the capstone video with the swinging backflip to chimney slide yeah that's very nice i practiced that trick on ground level i I learned it about seven eight months ago Mm -hmm. and then ever since then i've just been thinking how can i actually take this to somewhere where it's sick yeah, but I've I've not found a better place to do it than that place in Brighton. That's perfect. And also, the perfect. filming of that place is yeah, yeah, yeah. like after. revealing because I if you just see the thumbnail, you you don't expect what's yeah, coming yeah. after. At the Capstone um, premiere, it was interesting to hear people's reactions because oh yes, it's perfect. Yeah, it was good because you, you everyone knows what's gonna happen when I'm there swinging, mm-hmm. but everyone was just like, no, no, we know what's gonna happen, but no, he's not gonna yeah. do that, is he? Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was yeah, good. It was good. Sick. And but for you to do all this vertical, um, very difficult, uh, very technical movement, mm. you need something that it's not very common in the whole community, which is the yeah. the, the mental game. Your yeah. mental game right now is a lot stronger than yeah. the average in but the community. I'd even say a lot a lot of this stuff isn't very difficult. It's not technically hard. Yes. It's just mentally difficult. And that's one thing I've been training a lot at the moment. It's overcoming. I talk a lot to myself. Mm-hmm. I think this is one way I kind of overcome that. Like I'll be in the situation where I'm like, and I'll physically out loud say to myself, it's just a backflip. Like it's just a backflip. You can just do the backflip that you've been doing for the last sixteen years. Is that your process? That's then? my process. I get it's just there. like it's just a backflip. Yeah, I just chat to myself. Like, Yo, you never think just... about the, the plan B, like what can go wrong. Nah, because I. So for for the swinging backflip to chimney slide specifically, I went to um, Germany to Munich. Mm-hmm. I came back like three days before shooting that clip. But I went specifically to Red City because I knew there was a perfect ah, setup to yes. practice it. I know, I know exactly yeah. what you mean. Yeah. So knowing I was going to do it, I went to Red City, practiced that backflip thing like 20 times that whole day. I practiced it like literally 20, maybe even more times and caught it every single time. So in my head, or in reality, I know that I'm going to make it every single time. The only thing that's holding me back is the mental game. Yeah. So as much as it may seem fucked up, like it's not physically that difficult. I know I can catch it every time. But then just convincing yourself that you can in that stressful situation. 
but nothing has gone wrong so far no terribly wrong no but in a situation just like that the backflip to chimney slides yeah if something would go wrong you are so conscious about what is happening and your eyes are so open to yeah. see everything yeah yeah you're not that scared i'm right? not that scared because i know if worse comes to worse there are definitely at least three or four things that i can do in that situation to make it make the outcome better than it could be in the yeah. worst case do you know what i mean yeah 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 i know what you mean but again i don't i don't ever really think about it going wrong i mainly just think about what I need to do to make you go right. Because I think as soon as you start doubting yourself, and that's when things are going to get dangerous. Yeah. Like if you go into something knowing you could, because again, I knew I could do it. It, was, it mm. wasn't like a question of whether or not I could do it. I knew I could do it. It was just making it happen. Yeah. And being confident enough to make it happen. That's you. And that's cool because I'm also thinking right now, most of the parkour people, we practice on failure. A little mm. bit like skaters do. Yeah, yeah. We, we practice knowing that we, we want to achieve something, so we prep and we, like if we go for a cat pre, we try it uh, 10 times until we fully commit full speed, full power to, to yeah. stick it, to land it on top, you know? Yeah. But in your case, in your training, your movement nowadays, there's not a lot of it. There's no, no, there's no room for ever, really. Yeah, and most part of the things you do nowadays are just the one bangers. You just go there and you have to do it. Yeah. And I, I saw it in the, yeah, like yeah. yesterday when we were training. Mm. You just have to go and do it. Yeah. Nice. But it's yeah, it's it's I was actually thinking about this the other day. Like I don't train Kong Pre's repetitive precision and stuff anymore, like other people do. But like I was saying, I I think that sticking a Kong Pre is more technically difficult than maybe doing a descent. Because yeah. with a Kong Pre you have to be technically perfect and stick it. With a descent you need to work on just again because it's just rinse and repeat, it's just repeating one specific movement yeah. so i mean you could probably do a, a small set of plyos until you got tired yeah because it's not that difficult it's what you've been training pretty much most of your life for mm -hmm. but the only difference is when i do it dropping between walls there's an element of danger more of an element of danger involved yeah you're, you're like you're kind of like a spot tamer you get to the <laughs> spot you tame it you do yeah, you yeah. your banger and you leave it yeah exactly that that uh, what do you think is like you think that makes you less of a parkour athlete in a general in a general way i've actually what, thought what, about what, this yeah. you, because for me in my opinion you're much more of an artist than an athlete yeah so i mean yeah i don't know because again i've like like you for instance pedro even people like mark bush people who do train in that more parkourish way i would i would genuinely love to be on your level with that type of stuff but it's just not where my where i've gravitated towards yeah, yeah, yeah i don't think i'm less of a parkour athlete maybe in terms nice. maybe maybe in the eyes of the like purist yeah, parkour yeah, yeah. fundamentalist i'm more less of a parkour athlete but as far as i'm concerned we're both getting the exact same thing out of what we're doing but just approaching it in different ways yes yes do you get a lot of hate from purists or not like really. questioning? Or no, like no. Like, oh, what is joking? No, actually never, which I'm quite surprised about Good. because... I mean, I'd, I'd take on any of the criticism head on. I'd, like, I'd be interested to hear their, their take on it. I don't think, yeah, but realistically, what is there to say? Yeah, like, you're doing your thing. Right? Yeah. It's, it's not even that... Whatever would a purist say, maybe mm. it would just come out of like a jealousy thing. Maybe. 
I think that's a lot of what purists say comes out of that. But we're not going to get into <laughs> yeah. that anyway. But there's not a lot of purists alive nowadays, are there? <laughs> <laughs> they all quit parkour. Like, like the real, real purists. Because you yeah, know, yeah. The, the purists that are cool, and they are, like, they're not even just purists, they're just parkour people. Yeah, yeah. But you don't have the, the purists used to find, like, I remember when I started training, that if I would do a drop a little bit higher than my own height, mm. people would be like, oh my God, you're crazy you won't be training for much longer look at me bitch yeah, 32 still training bitch <laughs> you know? but i think you need to respect anyone's view on what parkour is essentially parkour is open to interpretation and just whatever my idea of parkour is true in terms of what i believe like there's no fixed definition of parkour and that's what makes it so amazing and that's what makes it also so hard to uh, organized, you know. Mm, right? Yes, true. Yeah, because it's also it's it's. I, I really cannot see parkour so much as a sport. I mm. really struggle to see it. I know it is and can be, and you have like this comp competition formats like mm. skill, speed, and style, and it makes sense. But to me, it's so much more of an art. For me, it's so yeah. much closer to a martial art yeah. than to um to uh, like a I don't know like football, gymnastics, football, or anything yeah. because. If you see what you are doing right now is really close to what martial artists would do. Mm. You're you're using your body to get out of a, a, a battle, yeah, for example. Yeah. You know, like as a judo guy would learn how to you know slam someone to mm. put them in the ground. You are learning how to get down from a 15 stories building in 20 seconds yeah. faster than anyone without dying. Yeah, you know. So I really see parkour a lot more like a martial art than yeah. a, a sport. Yeah, I appreciate, I appreciate that. But I think it's also definitely still a sport as far as I'm concerned. Like, I don't know, man. Again, anyone can think of parkour as what they want it to be. Yeah. I think I have a lot more of a um, pessimistic view on it. Like I, I consider it a sport, but as far as I'm concerned, I'm just fucking going out and throwing myself around with my friends, <laughs> yeah. doing cool shit yeah. that I think is cool because I want to do it. Like, there's nothing really other to it than that, as far as I'm concerned. I do it because I love doing it. I do the things I want to do because I think they're going to be fun. Yeah. I hang out with the people that I hang out with doing it because I like them and like having fun with them, and it's as simple as that for me. I don't like to overcomplicate it as much. But that's beautiful. Yeah, I, exactly. I like it. It's just yeah. a simple ass thing. It's just it's a matter of fact that. Yeah, I, but there there are things you cannot explain with words, and exactly. this feeling you cannot. Exactly. You yeah. cannot just say like, "Oh, what I do is a sport, work, yeah. a discipline, or a lifestyle." You're just doing this. Because what one thing I hate people saying is like trying to call me an adrenaline junkie, <laughs> which is so far removed from the truth. Like, I don't think I've I really ever finished something, and I'm like buzzing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm more like you, the whole time you're in the flow stage, you know what I mean? You're overcoming this obstacle, you're dropping down this building or whatever. I'm not doing it for a rush. It's more like like completing a jigsaw puzzle. It's more the sense of accomplishment of looking up at me and like, yeah. I, just, I just fucking climbed down from there. Fast <laughs> as fuck. And that, that was cool. <laughs> <laughs> you know nice. what I mean? It's more, it's more a sense of accomplishment and and knowing you've overcome an obstacle rather than it being like, oh, I'm doing this... So I want to put my life in danger and I want to, do you know what I mean? That, that's never the case Yeah. or the yeah. reason for me. Yes, yes, that's very cool. That's very cool. But um, 
competing? Never thought about it? I used, to, I used to compete a lot. You know I used to compete a lot? No. You judged me once in Geneva, the parkour tempest, didn't you? Did I judge you? Yeah, Geneva parkour <laughs> tempest. So God the I left won, it. baby. <laughs> I hit my head, I concussed myself, and still won, baby. Did you win that competition? Yes, baby. You see, I was totally not judging for you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you, you were there, though. You were definitely there. You remember the parkour, Geneva parkour Yeah, temple? the underground one. The underground one, yeah. yeah. I remember it. I no, used to Joel Eggman. Ah, no, that was a different one. Eh, that was in Arao. Yeah. The one you went was in Geneva. Yes. KBS, KBS? Yes, KBS. Yeah, KBS, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, the one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I used to do a lot of competitions. I went to Apes in Australia a few times. Project Underground in the UK. I did those a few times. And why did you stop? Oh, I just can't keep up with the kids, man. Oh, I, I'm not throwing down like my... But you need to be thirsty to fucking do well in a parkour yeah. competition. And I just don't give a fuck. You like, kind of have to train for that. You also. have to train for it and you want to really be willing to... Like, I'm not fucking throwing down the skills I used to throw down on concrete for a competition anymore. Mm -hmm. I mean, I train half a year to get my hardest, scariest tricks on concrete. Yeah. Potentially maybe fuck yourself up just for the... <laughs> just because you want to show off essentially and make some money. Then you're not even getting paid that well anyway, for one. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? You're winning a competition and getting like less than like a thousand pounds. And it's like, it's not viable mm -hmm. for people to train for competitions all year round when it doesn't pay well enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, yeah, like I was saying, I look at fucking Ellis, man. I'm not, I'm not keeping up with that kid in competition. What, do you know what I mean? It's, I think no one is now. Exactly. No, imagine how many people quit competition after yeah, watching Ellis yeah. to a house. One of them, one of them, one of them. <laughs> no, nah, it wasn't Ellis that made me quit, but no, it was Who was it? Charles Wong, the one in Switzerland? <laughs> you remember like 16-year-olds? Yeah. But no, it's just generally like, I don't want to hurt myself trying to do something in competition knowing that I have my limits to this point like I'm 20s how the how the fuck old am I I'm 27 I'm 27 <laughs> and um, I've had my fair share of injuries I like to think I'm in a place right now where I enjoy doing what I do and I want to keep it that way instead of putting pressure on myself just yeah, for the sake of having great. a title whatever I've had my time doing competitions things like that it was fun but now I'd, I'm happy to see these young kids who can just throw down these crazy skills. And you're doing keep your doing thing it. in a I'm, different way. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I find Being in every fucking video everywhere. That's what I was going to say. That's what <laughs> I want to do at the moment though, man. I just love doing video parts. Mm -hmm. Like I'm here. The reason I'm in Lisbon right now is to film for this Keeper video. Mm -hmm. um, I was literally just here seeing Pedro and Kevin message me randomly. Like, I'll, I'll, when are you leaving? I said I was leaving on Thursday. He said, I'm coming on Saturday. We're here shooting a Keeper video. Mm -hmm. We'd love to have you on it. I was like, fuck it. I missed my flight. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I missed my flight. Got another flight. Three flights later. Three flights later. <laughs> so we can come film this project. But I find that more rewarding. Yeah. Like filming a project with friends, having something sick to look back on. That's more rewarding to me than doing competitions at the moment. So, yeah, I see. Um, but so you already missed one flight. <laughs> I've missed two flights. You missed two flights. Two so flights. you're on your third. My third, third flight is tomorrow. It's tomorrow. Tomorrow. I'm not the missing. The weather. I'm not missing. Yeah, the weather's shit tomorrow, man. I know shit it's, today. It's every day. It's very every day. Well, really I'm bad. gonna train a little bit tomorrow anyway. I've got something I want to do tomorrow, so I'm gonna get it done. Yeah. And yeah, this thing you always have what you want to do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is another thing. I, I always have a a little idea of what I want to do before I go out and do stuff. Again, I like the whole 
finding a sick challenge and then dedicating time to just overcoming that challenge. That's mm-hmm. that's how I spend my time training at the moment. Because again, because a lot of the stuff I do, it's it's scary more than hard. So you're spending your time working up mentally as yeah. opposed to trying to do the jump loads of times until you stick it. Like yeah, you're yeah. still spending time when it's working, but working in a different way. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I spend a lot of time just scouting or just walking around looking at things and finding it okay. finding it and then i go back to specific challenges that i want to do nice i get you all right so uh now we go to uh some sketchy questions i'm gonna ask you you mm-hmm. know just answer me can you uh, whip your phone out of your pocket please thank you uh can you play the latest thing you were playing on spotify right now oh i, I actually don't have spotify so apple music i don't have apple Deezer. music I don't have Where Deezer. Do you leave I've got SoundCloud, bro. SoundCloud. Yeah. Can you play the last yeah, thing? Of course. Of course. <laughs> This man is into um, underground hip hop yeah, or no, heavy techno. The thing is, I've had SoundCloud since I was like 13 years old, and yeah. all of my music from then is, is stored on my SoundCloud. So ah, I'm okay. too deep in now to go to Spotify. Yeah, it makes sense. It's good that you have some people because I don't want SoundCloud oh, to die. Oh, listening history. Ooh. To be fair, it's not actually a great song. It's 21 Savage and Drake, Broke Boys. Play it a little bit on the microphone. Okay, 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 okay. I feel it. I feel, I feel it. It switches up after halfway and it goes crazy. Okay. Fun fact, bro. Drake follows me on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Few people know it, but a lot of people follow Drake listening to this podcast. And you should know that he, they, he also follows Joe Kendrickton. So big up Drake. Did, did he ever slide into your DMs? I can't talk about that. I'm a gentleman. <laughs> no, of course he didn't. Of course he <laughs> fucking did. You're waiting for this moment. Please let me know when he does it. Keep posting nice stories. Maybe one day he's going to react I, with a fire emoji or something. Drake, if you're watching this, if you're listening to this, slide in my DMs, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Be in my music video. <laughs> All right. So if you could choose any skill to completely dominate, like second nature, to be the best in the world at, what would it be? Any skill. It can be parkour. It can be playing the harp. <laughs> Such a hard question. To completely dominate. Probably just fucking. Oh, what the heck? That's a that's a hard Man, question. Come on, there's nothing like you really want to do. I heard, I had climbing here. Probably boxing. Boxing. I probably just want to be a fucking sick boxer. Yeah. yeah it's nice. I like it. Mm. I like boxing. Nice, cool. Um, is there a difference between the lazy vote and the thief vote? You're just trying to be controversial right now. <laughs> I'm just um, asking. Lazy vote. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'd say because because mm, you can do a lazy vote with just one hand. But you can't do a thief vote with just one hand. I know. You have you. to put two hands on. The second hand at the back for it to be a thief. But I could walk up to a rail and put my hand on, kick my legs over and still be um, okay, a lazy good. vote. That's a good explanation. That's a good one. It's Okay, so uh, for how much money would you compete in a fig competition? Uh, they did ask me to compete before as well, actually. Um, how much money? Honestly, I'm not going to lie and say there's no amount of money because I f- 
I fucking need money, bro. <laughs> so, Fig, if you're listening, I want at least 20k. 20k <laughs> per com- per competition and prize money on top. And you got to pay for my hotel. And you got to pay for the other stuff that I'm not talking about on the on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, if you have uh, invitation and like, what would you prefer doing or um, hate the least? Doing a commercial for a beer brand or cigarettes brands? Bro, we're literally drinking a beer right now. Of course I'd do it for the beer brand. Are you crazy? <laughs> Cheers to that. Let's fucking go. So, I mean, I'm an adult, man. I'm an adult. Like, <laughs> as much as people are like, oh, you've got you've to keep up a good reputation for young people. Like, fuck young people. I didn't mean that. I didn't mean that. <laughs> But, you know what I mean? I'm an adult. I can't, you can't expect me to not be the person that I am. Just kind of hypocrite. It's hypocritical. Like, I'm going to be me. Yeah. If a beer company, if Superbot comes to me tomorrow and I'm like, yo, do a commercial, I'm doing a commercial. Give me like fucking 10K. <laughs> What do you mean? <laughs> you know, 10K means like three years of uh, Joe's Kendrick in every video, everywhere in the world. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever's got 10K, I'll do shit for that. <laughs> All right. Okay, so TikTok right now. Poof. I give you two options. You pick one of them. Okay. Okay, you gotta be fast. You know TikToks? If you keep your foot on the wall for too long, sleeps, yeah. nothing's happening. All right, cool. So, <clears throat> Kong or reverse vote? Kong. Backflip or front flip? Backflip, easy. Pizza or pasta? Pizza, bro. David Bell or Sebastian Fouquet? Ooh, big up my brother Sebastian still. So I know him, I know him. So. Parkour or free running? Oh, it's the same shit. That's a trick question. Next. <laughs> <laughs> Competing or performing? Um, I mean, filming clips for Instagram is essentially performing. So yeah, I'm gonna go for that. Gymnastics or martial arts? Gymnastics. I love gymnastics. We are not gymnastics, but I love gymnastics. Daniel Labaka or Oleg Vorslav? Oh, Danny, that's my guy. I love that guy. And again, I know him personally. So and he's English, so I'm biased. We've got that English bias going on, don't <laughs> yeah. we? That all the Americans talk about. Yeah. <laughs> nice, bro. That's uh, that's it. That's it? Yeah, that's it. When do you pay me? 10K, remember, 10K. <laughs> <laughs> no, you paid me in hey. a, a super box, so that's fine with me. We have another bottle Jeez. to finish later. Um, yeah, thank you so much, man. No, Anything no you want to say to Swapping Shoes listeners? Um, Any message? Uh, what's, what's, what's next for Joe's Kindred? Um, what are your expectations for 2023? 2023, same as most Parker athletes. Hopefully, I don't injure myself. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's it. Hopefully, God blesses me with strong ankles. And I hope he, <laughs> whoever God is to you, I hope he blesses you with strong ankles too. <laughs> And But oh, oh, one extra question. You you don't do any strength exercises, no, no fitness, no workout. No, no my rehab. dad was fucking massive. My dad's, I'm going to show you a picture of my dad now. Mm-hmm. And your, your reaction would be, how people like judge how how big my dad actually but was. But you you are big also. I'm quite, I'm short as fuck, but I'm a big guy, yeah. But it's because of the roids. No, I don't do roids. Never. To be fair, honestly, that time when I was um like kind of quit doing parkour, I started lifting for like a year and a half, two years, and I considered like just quitting parkour and getting into bodybuilding competitions and yeah, taking yeah, steroids. I fuck, fucking could have done you it. You never go to, to the gym, do fitness, and you still have... Uh, Bro, when I lifted for those two years, I was fucking huge. Yeah. But then I realized that that was actually quite a fucking crazy thing to do. Nice. <laughs> I should probably well, you, do, you don't have like any um, 
like injury at the moment, like something um, except from your fragile ankles. Just like little shit. That's like the classic. Being the classics, but in, in general, I feel actually really good at the moment. Nice. Which is great. Like I haven't felt this good for actually quite. Actually, no, I, I don't think I've actually been that injured for a while. Yeah, there was a point. Stay this way. Stay this way. Hit the wood. Yeah, touch. <laughs> touch wood. But there was a time when I was fucking injured a lot. Like here's my dad. Oh shit! Wait, yeah, he's fucking crazy. huge, isn't it? And nice. Massive. Nice skin, come on, man. Yeah, come nice on. Nice skin, man. Nice. Yeah, come on. Strong man. Big up my dad. Big up my dad still. <laughs> yeah, he. I we got. I got my genetics from him, basically. So. Yeah, that's cool. Good man. Thank you very much, bro. No, I appreciate it. It's been a pleasure. A good, good one. Good one. All right. So see you around. Ciao, ciao. Ciao, ciao. Nice, nice, nice. Thank you for joining. Thank you for listening. It's good to have you here. Hope you're having a good December. Um, and don't forget to check out Parkour Earth website, Parkour Earth Instagram. Me, Luis Alcmin on Instagram. And of course, uh, Joe Kendrick. But I am 100% sure that you already follow him. So yeah, thank you, Joe. Thank you all. Thank you, Parkour Earth. Hope you have a great session and have fun enjoy your weekend be careful life